Welcome to part three of our special series Reliving the Toronto Raptors 2019 Championship Run. In this episode, the Raptors, appearing in only their second conference finals ever, have to take on a dominant Milwaukee Bucks side. get the win. Yeah. If I'm a Raptors fan and I look at the graphic that was just on the right. screen, I'm probably crying. <laughs> because if you're getting Kyle Lowry, right. that kind of performance from him, and you still lose in game one on the road in that atmosphere, guys, I don't know if they're going to be able to fight all the way back. And the issue for Lowry to me is we've seen him have big games before in the playoffs, right. and certainly that was great. But do you trust that he's going to be able to replicate that a couple more times in this this shot is blocked by Lopez. Why did Lowry hesitate with Lopez on him the way he's been shooting? Oh, Green trying to go behind the back. He lost it. Scooped up by Middleton. Two on one. Gives to Lopez. He had to make a tough catch and put it down. One point lead. Two minutes to play. Fourth quarter. Lopez for three. Yes! Coming off that Kawhi buzzer beater, the Raptors simply picked up where they left off against Philadelphia and came out and stormed the Milwaukee Bucks away in Wisconsin. They outscored them 34-23 to in the first quarter with all five of the Raptors starting five, hitting at least one three to define a brilliant offensive performance, at least for the first three quarters. In fact, the first half was simply a display of the Raptors' excellent offensive prowess on the break. Milwaukee were unable to hit from beyond the arc. They went 4 from 18 uh, at one point in the second quarter. And they could simply not stop the Raptors when they counterattacked. However, despite the Raptors' early flurry, Milwaukee slowly drew into it. But it wasn't the usual suspect. It wasn't Giannis, as perhaps all of us have expected. That's not to say he had a bad game, of course. He was still excellent throughout the whole series, if I may add. But it was Brooke Lopez. Yes, it was the veteran himself who... Okay, you expect him to make an impact, but he dominated Game 1 from the second quarter to right to the very end. That's In the first quarter itself, he got two blocks on Kawhi. But it was his offensive ability that was on show throughout. Half time arrives, and the Bucks, having narrowly edged the second quarter, reduce the lead to eight. There are four players dominating Kawhi, as you'd expect, with 15. Giannis, again, the other talisman. Kyle Lowry, who had went three from four from beyond the arc. And Brooke Lopez who had dominated on both ends of the floor. Kawhi continued to dominate in the third quarter with 14 points while limiting all the Bucks players to below double digits. But in this game, as with a lot of Raptors games, and a lot of NBA games I should add, it's the fourth quarter that really defined both teams, that sparked ill-fated conclusions and, to be honest, was a phenomenal quarter of basketball. Think back to Game 1 of the Raptors' playoff journey in 2019. Kyle Lowry dropped an absolute stinker against the Orlando Magic with zero points. In just the fourth quarter, a crucial fourth quarter away in Wisconsin, 
he would nail 14 bucket, 14 points in the basket, including another three three-point shots from behind the arc. Five for seven from the field in that fourth quarter. And that would bring him to 30 points. Overall, including seven from nine from three. Now, if you are listening to this and you somehow didn't know how this game ended, you would think that Kyle Lowry managed to exorcise his Game 1 demons and lead the Raptors to a famous road win. You'd be wrong. Outside of Kyle Lowry, no Raptor hit a bucket in that fourth quarter. 0 for 15. That includes the likes of Siakam, includes the likes of Kawhi, nor even the likes of Van Vliet could deliver off the bench. It was an absolute mess as the Raptors were outscored 32-17. to 17. And you can probably guess where the points came from on the other end. It was Brooke Lopez. Three three-point shots for himself, going 5-7, for seven, almost leveling with Lowry. Hitting, whenever Lowry hit a shot, Lopez would go down the other end and do the same thing. The difference, of course, is his teammates actually delivered in the clutch. The Bucks, who had trailed for 37 of the game's 48 minutes, had somehow managed to edge this. It wasn't all lost towards the end of the game. The Raptors were still up with three minutes to go. They were a point ahead. And that's when the huge chance came. The Raptors pulled off a great defensive stop on Giannis and, as they had done all game, raced down the floor and created an open shot for Danny Green. But the pass was just off, meaning he couldn't get off the attempt, which would have put the Raptors four points up. Instead, he tripped over Middleton's right leg. Middleton picked up the loose ball, assisted Brook Lopez, who put the Bucks ahead, and the Raptors would never get their lead back. They missed their final eight shots. No one could hit anything. And having led by 13 points, the Raptors will find themselves 1-0 down. Celebration can begin in downtown Milwaukee. Bucks take a 2 nothing lead in the Eastern Conference Finals. It is said that Kawhi was screaming, fire, fire, there's a fire, in this game. Now, as we all know, that is the fastest way in modern society to enlist the help of others. Now, while whites may be susceptible to fire... Again, this is a Game of Thrones reference. This is not a racial slur. Please don't kill me. White walkers pass through fire unscathed. Barring the help of Norm, who was on form as soon as he stepped through the doors of the arena with 14 points scored, and Ibaka with 8 points and 10 boards both off the bench, it seems like the rest of the Raps team could not handle the heat and left the kitchen en masse 
reminding us of the Cretaceous Paleogene extinction event their ancestors suffered 66 million years ago. Two of nine from three, Kyle. Two points, Mark? Two points? That's two more than a fossilised Stegosaurus. Get this claw some help, who at this point he has suffered fractures in all of his vertebrae from all the carrying. 31 points, 8 boards, 1 block, 10 of 18 from the field, 10 of 10 from the line. And if only his back was aligned, if only we could find a cure for his scoliosis. Now going back to the game, Yanis from the off was mean mugging. He was getting his own board on the very first possession over Pascal and Gasol and tip slamming, showing that he means business. And Gasol, to sum up his frankly piss-poor performance by his standards, attempted to throw a lob to Kawhi in the first, which just clattered off the rim. This led to a fast break and Eurostep from Yanis, where it seemed like Gasol did not want to play any help defence whatsoever. Yanis was bullying all game long with 30 points and 17 boards. Like an interior decorator, he owned all of the paint this game. The Bucks ended up with three players scoring double digits off the bench. And the most worrying thing about this performance from a Raptors perspective is that the Bucks had 125 points despite missing a lot of open and easy shots, especially from the three-point line. And these open shots were attributable to their fantastic ball movement. And despite this ball movement, they only had a stingy seven turnovers to the Raptors 13. Every single one of their players showed up, bar Brooke Lopez, who was uh, 0 4 from 3 and who ended up with 6 points, but who still had a highlight play when he stuffed Siakam back into his box. The box went 2 0 up, and at this point last year, I had no faith in this Raps team to turn it around, but now I am a man converted. Happy Ramadan to all. Let's go into game 3. You're trailing two to one. They have to actually win three of the the next four against a very good Milwaukee team. Kawhi Leonard scoring eight points in the second overtime. This is the first double overtime game in the conference finals since back in 2007 when Cleveland beat Detroit. Let's go to Kristen. Kawhi, before this series, you told me that the key to this team's success is everybody just wants to win. But where does your mind go when your team looks to you to take over? I'm just, you know, confident in myself. My teammates are confident in me. And I just go out there and play. And, uh, you know, I can live with the, with the results because I'm giving 110% out there. You're defending an MVP finalist in Giannis Antetokounmpo. What's the key to limiting him offensively? Uh, it takes a team. He's a great basketball player. That's why he's an MVP finalist. Um, we all have to just show hands and just play hard. Uh, he's a great player. He plays hard, and uh, he's leading his team great. You did appear to be laboring physically. How are you feeling now? Uh, I'm, feel, I'm feeling all right. This is, this is playoff basketball. Uh, everybody's hurting, so we just got to keep fighting. And there's an opportunity now to tie this series in Toronto. Despite the win, where do you want your team to be better in Game 4? Uh, I got to look at some film. Um, right now, I'm about to just enjoy this win, and uh, we'll see what we got to do uh, tomorrow. Congratulations, Kawhi. Thank you. Guys. The way the schedule is set, well, you can enjoy it. For Cut! Going into game three, 
Every rap's playing you. This was the go big or go home moment of this historic playoff run. Most media personnel, including ashamedly myself, if I can even call myself media personnel, had written the team off, thinking that the freak's period of league domination had already begun while still in its embryonic stages. And rather an ominous sign from the off was Yanis spinning past Green on the very first box possession and laying the ball in after leveraging that lengthy gate of his. We fast forward all the way to the fourth quarter after a back and forth game. Carl Lowry fouls out with six minutes left and although the Raps were up by six, we all know how integral a piece he is and Carl's replacement Van Vliet up until that point in the game had already been struggling and would end up with almost a historically dire performance for a bench player, going 1 of 11 from the field and 1 of 8 from 3 to end up with a grand total of 3 points. And with 3 minutes to go, after some exquisite ball movement, Hill makes an open 3 to tie things up at 91 apiece. And 96 to 94 up, Siakam would then inexplicably miss two three throws with seven seconds left to give Milwaukee a shot at the game. At this point last year, I was already preparing myself for a post-game rant. However, in the preceding possession, Middleton then got rejected at the rim. However, unfortunately, he picked up the loose ball and laid it up to tie up the game. Siakam then had a chance to redeem himself but missed horribly after Brooke Lopez contested his three-pointer. going Growing pains for the young man and receding pains for my hairline. In overtime, Hill makes another corner three to tie things up. The Raps then go four points up with 90 seconds left after a patented Kawhi mid-range bucket. But George Hill clutches up again to tie the game with two free throws. Who knew that this game would be a battle between Hill and Kawhi? Kawhi then proceeds to miss a tough shot from the left elbow over Yanis to win the game. Second overtime, the fingernails have already been devoured. And guess what happens in the second overtime? Well, I'm not going to say. I hope you can all enjoy it for yourselves. Before we go into game four, some quick stats. One discrepancy was the Raps going 81% from the free throw line with Kawhi knocking down 12 of 13, whereas the Bucks were 67% with their main culprit being Yanis, who was only 2 of 7. However, despite that being said, this game was really all about the Raptors' defence. I talked last game about how many open shots the Raptors gave up. However, fortunately for our favoured brave Raptors, this was not the case here. And this is most aptly demonstrated by the Bucks' shooting split, where they went 37% from the field and 32% from three as a team. This was epitomised by the defence on Yanis, which went viral after Kawhi decided to impose a lockdown and self-isolation on the young man. It wasn't only the fact that he scored 12 while shooting 31% from the field, 
but also that Kawhi limited Yanis to only 16 shots. The strong performers for the Bucks this game were Hill and Brogdon off the bench with 24 points, 7 rebounds, 2 steals and 1 block for the former and 20 points, 5 rebounds and 2 steals for the latter. Now we can go into game 4. How surprised are you that we now have a series in the Eastern Conference? I'm stunned. I thought it was over after game one. I really, really did because I thought that was the Raptors' opportunity to take advantage of this series. The Milwaukee Bucks had had nearly a week off um, after obliterating the Boston Celtics in the conference semifinals. Uh, they were rested. They were, they were ready to go, but they, weren't, they were rusty because they hadn't been shooting the ball in game action. Uh, they had missed, uh, they went like 11 for 44 from three-point range. They only made 25% of their three-pointers as well. Uh, Kawhi Leonard had over 30. Kyle Lowry had 30 points that game and still Toronto managed to lose the game so I thought that was Toronto's opportunity they had blown it and that this series was a foregone conclusion as soon as I saw Lowry isolating and dancing on Miritich in the first I felt that this was going to be a good game and when Ibaka grabbed two offensive rebounds over Giannis and Nikola and slammed it sending the crowd wild this feeling was confirmed even Coach Nurse could not believe what he was seeing, rolling back in his chair in disbelief. The Raptors grabbing rebounds, is this right? Kawhi ramming it and slamming it down Yanis's throat. Drake roaring at Yanis's missed free throws. Fred rocketing a three off the board which rolled in. Tonight was a free-for-all. This was only one of two games in the whole playoff run in which Kawhi had less than 20 points, the other being Game 3 against the Magic. However, he still had 7 rebounds, 4 steals and 2 blocks. Importantly, he shot 6 of 13 from the field, which was still efficient. And here, in this game, the rest of the Raptors team went off. Kawhi had 25, 5 and 6. Gasol, 17-5-7, Ibaka, 17-13, Van Vliet shot 5-6 from the field while making all three of his three-point attempts. The team, like I said, went absolutely off and allowed Kawhi to, tr to transform into the claw and lock it down defensively. And as for Yanis... He rebounded from his Game 3 performance. He had 25 points, going 9 of 17 from the field, with 10 rebounds, 1 steal and 3 blocks. But, as ridiculous as this sounds, he still didn't quite impose himself like he did in the first two games. Toronto did by no means stop Yanis. They merely attempted to slow him down and force his Bucks teammates to knock down shots. And that, Middleton did blowing his lid by going 11 of 15 from the field for 30 points, dishing 7 assists and grabbing 7 boards, just like a Jason Kidd stat line, who of course was this team's former coach. However, this performance did not rid Middleton of the accusation that he remained hidden for the rest of the series, with this being the only game in the series in which he scored over 15 points. And in this game, the rest of the Bucks struggled as underscored by a 2 of 11 four-point performance from Malcolm Brogdon. This Game 4 was a 120-102 to 102 blowout. Game 5 in 3, 
two, one. Lowry stepping back on Meritich. Fires it out. Van Fleet. Yes. Things have changed for Fred Van Fleet. Defensive ability yes. of Kawhi Leonard. They knew he was a terrific defender. Here's Van Fleet for three. Thank you. Oh, man. Don't be afraid of the moment, no, Seawell. No, no. But obviously, all right, Renee's on the floor. Here is Van Vliet. There you go. No hesitation. Catch and shoot. Here comes Lowry out of the pack. Van Vliet. Yes. And Van Vliet is having words with Gucci Mane over here. What's the deal with rappers and all this? That's <laughs> yeah. no, not just what not is Spike the deal. Is, don't put it on rappers. Spike wasn't a rapper. Van Vliet. For three again. Great playing by Abaka. Taking his time. The Bucks have gone small with four guards to match the small line. Van Vliet for three again. Set up by Leonard. The game is now a one-point advantage for Toronto. Van Vliet for three again. Give that assist to his son. He just he has yes. a career high in threes. He's seven of nine from downtown. Game five was perhaps the polar opposite to the opening fixture. Having expent all of their collective effort to try and protect home court, the Raptors were dismantled in the first quarter by Milwaukee. Well, more specifically by the likes of Eric Bledsoe and Malcolm Brogdon, two players who perhaps in the shadows of Giannis, Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez had not made as much of an impact until now. Toronto, on the other hand, were, had to be carried by Kawhi, especially in the first half. He was, throughout the whole game in fact, the only Raptors starting player to really deliver. He scored 35, going 11 of 25 from the field. But he wasn't helped out, as usual, by Kyle Lowry, who only shot 4 from 11, Siakam, 5 for 15, Gasol, 1 for 6, and Danny Green, in 15 minutes on the court, failed to make a single shot. Yep, the 3-point specialist went 0 for 3 from the field. And thus, in moments of adversity like these, there needs to be a saviour, someone special who you would not expect to be the hero of the day. And for many, that was Fred Van Vliet. Seven threes off the bench in a barnstorming 37 minutes for the little point guard. Up until a year ago, we must remember, he was called a scrub by many. He was not thought to be NBA caliber. He went undrafted, for Pete's sake. But Fred Van Vliet is here. In Game 5 of a conference finals, delivering away in Wisconsin. Plus 28 from the field. And while he was quiet in the first half, with the Bucks going in with a three-point lead, mainly due to, well, it was so small, mainly due to Kawhi's efforts on both the offensive and defensive end, the second half was the Fred Van Vliet show. It's also important to note that the second quarter was perhaps as crucial as Van Vliet's efforts in the second half. The defence was completely turned up a notch by Toronto. They held Milwaukee to just 27% shooting, including 1 from 9 from 3. They didn't necessarily deliver on the offensive end, but of course, as always, they were just setting the base for Mr Van Vliet. And in the third, as if he hadn't proved enough that 
Masai made the right decision to risk it all to get him in. Kawhi Leonard showed again why he is the talisman. Why he was just so crucial in every single matchup. He outscored the entire Bucks team 12-6 in the first five minutes of the game. On the defensive end, meanwhile, he was tasked mainly with guarding Giannis, when Giannis, of course, didn't manage to get the switch. 37 possessions, Giannis just scored 10 points with the one assist. 42 possessions, well, it's an equal sample size, scored 14 with four assists. If we want to look a bit deeper into the stats, in the 37 possessions Kawhi guarded Giannis, the Bucks only had a 73 offensive rating, that's the team points scored per 100 possessions. But in the 42 possessions that he didn't guard Giannis, the Bucks scored 55 points, which was 131 offensive rating. It shows how, not just in this game, but throughout the entire series, Kawhi on Giannis was the key matchup. It reminded you a little bit of when the Raptors were crying out for a LeBron stopper in previous series. Well, they finally had one, and while LeBron went out to the West, there were still plenty of talisman that Kawhi had to guard. But enough about Kawhi. This was the Van Vliet show. This was the moment where he truly broke through. With Kawhi on the bench, the Bucks still led by 10 points deep into the second half. But three straight triples from Van Vliet got the Raptors to a single-digit deficit. And when Kawhi came back, Van Vliet nailed another one to give the Raptors a much-needed lead in the third quarter. You know, there are some times when, you know, you're in training, you're playing pickup, maybe you're even in a game, and you just feel unstoppable. You just feel like everything goes in. And some people, well, most people will have that at least once, twice in their life if they're not a professional player. Van Vliet had this, and it's perhaps the first time he has had this in such a big game. He had it in Game 5 of a conference finals. That is what you call clutch, and that's what you call key. He was also brilliant on the, on the defensive end. He allowed the Raptors to notch up their system in the fourth quarter, forcing four turnovers. And really, by the end, thanks to Mr. Van Vliet, 105-99, to Lowry sinking the dagger with a couple of free throws late in the fourth quarter. The Bucks were downed, and the Raptors were on the up. Middleton goes behind the back and lost it! Lowry with the steal! He has Giannis behind him, gets to let it in! A facial by Kawhi Leonard over Giannis Antetokounmpo. Finals on TNT is being presented by Google Pixel. Kawhi Leonard, the steal by Lowry, and the exclamation point here, and Drake. The reaction. <laughs> the Raptors had never been here before. The last time, the only time, they had got to a conference finals before. They had managed to protect home court against LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. But they never would have dreamed of taking a lead in the series. Here, they were just one win away from their first NBA finals since the franchise was created in 1995. A crucial road win in Milwaukee, led by Fred Van Vliet, had dampened Milwaukee spirits. And the atmosphere was electric. Toronto, in front of their home fans, could prove 
to enact a historic moment in franchise history. It didn't necessarily end up getting to a great start. They were outscored by the Bucks 31-18 to in the opening quarter. Were there some nerves there? If so, it didn't show because it was Mr. Van Vliet again nailing it in the second quarter. Three triples led the Raptors to within seven by the half. Despite the Raptors being in the ascendancy since game three, of course, this was perhaps the most important game of all. This was like a game seven. Because if the Bucks had won this and drew the series level to 3-3, the Raptors would have to go in low spirits back to Wisconsin. And I'm not sure even the most optimistic fan could see them pulling it off there. So this was almost like a game seven. And they were seven behind at the break. The Bucks were excellent on both the defensive and the offensive end, of course. 9 for 18 from 3 going into the half and dominating the offensive glass 7 to nothing. They were also closing out Toronto shooters extremely well. And really, only the likes of Kawhi and Lowry managed to get some production in this game. The third, unfortunately, did not start much better. The Bucks ended up leading by 15 points come the third quarter and really it looked like there was no way back it looked like having almost planned the coronation for the NBA finals the Raptors would go out in true Toronto fashion and mess it all up or just make it as hard as possible for themselves but you know that fateful trade in July 2018 came back to bite Milwaukee Kawhi led the Raptors personally to a 10-0 run in the final two minutes of the third quarter. He managed to get the lead down to five, 76-71 at the end of the third. And as Nick Nurse said in previous games, when Kawhi delivers, he inspires his teammates. He's one of those players, if you play 2K, you've got that floor general. He is one of those players who just automatically makes his teammates better with his attitude, his ability to assist, his skill, his motivation, everything. And they carried on in the fourth. Leading behind Kawhi was, of course, Kyle Lowry, the longest-serving Raptor. Truly the only real contestant to get a statue outside the Scotiabank Arena. He and Kawhi led the Raptors to a 26-3 and run throughout the end of the third and the start of the fourth quarter. And with six minutes to go, the Raptors suddenly, from nothing, had an eight-point lead. This included, of course, one of the most emphatic dunks in history, one of the most symbolic dunks in franchise history, Lowry assisting Kawhi to dunk, to slam it on Giannis. And in that moment, really, it felt like the Raptors could not lose. However, there would be another twist in the tale. The eight-point lead slowly shrunk to five, and then three, and with a series of all sorts of reviews by the refs, Raptors fans were just left in absolute agony. Three buckets from Brook Lopez, a basket from George Hill, a layup from Giannis, and the Bucks were within two. Three minutes to go. The Raptors managed to maintain this with just 30 seconds left, but Brook Lopez's nailing of the second free throw to make it 97-94, put pressure on the Raptors going up the other end. 
Pascal missed his two-point shot, but miraculously grabbed one of the most crucial offensive rebounds of his life. He would be sent to the line very quickly, seven seconds to go. He would make one of two from the free throw line to make it a two-possession game. But guess what? It wasn't the Bucks going up the other end, because Kawhi Leonard somehow grabbed the offensive rebound from the second missed free throw. Another crucial bit on the glass. And after the Bucks' first half dominance on the offensive glass, it was rather ironic that two offensive rebounds from the Raptors' two best players managed to secure the win. Kawhi made both his free throws, 194. And that, and that, and that was the moment. Shot doesn't go. 24 seasons in the making. The Toronto Raptors are headed to their first 